reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants midweek show. We're going to do a little film cleanup of the victory over the Tampa Bay Bucks over Daniel Jones' debut. We're going to focus a lot on the defense. And then we're going to answer a few mailbag questions. We don't have much, but we do have a few. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you here with my co-host, Danny King. Danny, how you doing? And we'll start with injury updates and who we're going to bring in to, to play running back and middle linebacker. I mean, I'm doing good. Uh, I mean, I was a little, I, a little bit of me was excited seeing Nate Stupar brought back because I'm like, I've been, I, I rode Nate Stupar basically that whole preseason, out, and now I'm like, please prove me right, Nate. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we're gonna be at Adelphad key linebackers for Sunday, so it's gonna be a lot of Connolly, now Nate Stupar who's brought back, and then you got David Mayo. But yeah, I mean, Ogletree the hamstring, Tay Davis a concussion, and doubt for Sunday. Ogletree's a blow because I feel like he improved in the, the Bucks game. And then Tay Davis, I mean, he's, he's a quality linebacker. You wouldn't want to miss him for really any extended period of time. Yeah, one of those guys going out is okay because you have the other, but both really hurts because I I have no faith in David May or Nate Stupar to be solid middle linebackers as starters as all at all. So, which almost makes me think that the Giants – possibly like believe that Tay Davis or Ogletree will be ready for Sunday. Um, but they have to just get that fourth guy. Um, and they Stupar has been in there. Uh, maybe they didn't want to call up Josiah Tuefa. Nonetheless, I, I think they should have just called up Josiah and tried it out. I don't think it could be much worse than Nate Stupar. Um, David Mayo, like, I, I don't know, maybe he can be decent, but I, you know, he's, he hasn't shown that in his career. He's been playing only special teams. Really didn't do anything of note when he got his uh, his time on Sunday. So hopefully one of those, uh, hopefully both, obviously. But having one of those guys back on Sunday would be uh, a big help because like Ogletree, I blasted. I mean, I couldn't stand his, his play the first two weeks. But he played a lot better against Tampa. He made some plays. Um, not just, you know, making a, a, a tackle for a loss or, or, or big fill in the hole. But some smart plays, stopping the Bucks from running an RPO, which in week one, you know, went into like a 25-yard gain. So just little stuff like that. Al Ogletree actually had a pretty good game before he got hurt. So, and then Tate Davis, who was a guy I like, I, I'd love to see him next to Conley for a whole game to see how that would work. Uh, his concussion, with it seems like with concussions, everyone's missing at least one week. Shep missed a week. Ladder missed, missed a week. So I, I really don't have any expectation to see Tay Davis on Sunday. I don't even think we'll see Al Golgotree on Sunday. At least that's just my belief. I mean, it, is he just giving me a vibe that he won't be ready for Sunday? Obviously, we'll get a better idea when pr- first practice tomorrow or well today when your listeners comes around. But I, I, 
Yeah, David Mayo, I got no faith in. The most I remember David Mayo doing was literally on Sunday just jumping up and down, waving his arms to try and miss, have Matt Gay miss the kick, which, I mean, I guess you could say he was successful even though the Bucks kicker, that he just missed it entirely himself. Yeah, but, that uh, really was the highlight of David Mayo. <laughs> like, everyone when he was jumping up and down, that was kind of cool. I mean, hey, him and Sean Chandler just jumping up and down. I mean, hey, good for them. But I, I, I'm fine with Stupar being brought back in because he knows the system, obviously. And, I mean, like, if you remember, I mean, he was fine for at least, I mean, like two quarters in the preseason. And then he just completely forgot to tackle and that, or just completely forgot how to tackle, I should say. And I just don't think jo- Josiah is ready. If they thought he was ready, they would call him up. But maybe the Giants right now. Maybe if, let's say they lost to the Bucks, maybe they would have brought up Josiah because like, all right, we're own free at that point. Let's just throw all our rookies in, maybe throw in a few undrafted guys, see what goes there. But since we're one and two, uh, technically a big divisional game coming up on Sunday, maybe they would feel safer with Stu Parr since he knows the system already and they know what they could get with him. Yeah, I think to counter this, we're going to see, and we saw it against Tampa a little bit, I think we're going to see a lot of three safety looks with Michael Thomas having that big play. Um, and actually doing halfway decent. Um, in fact, we we saw them throw out four safeties on one play against Tampa. So I, I think they're going to try and run that. James Betcher loves to run that. He didn't do it at all in week one or week two. Uh, I expect them to run that a little more often to counter having, you know, David Mayo and Nate Stupar battling for your number two middle linebacker spot. That's such a scary line right there. Nate Stupar, David Mayo battling for the number two linebacker spot. But, I mean, hey, next man up mentality, even though these are not the two guys you would want to be in the next man up. But uh, I have faith in Stupar, not David Mayo. But that's just me being a homer because I was I was very adamant with keeping Stupar. And I was patting myself on the back when he was still on the initial 53, but then got cut. But I have faith in Stupar. He's nothing amazing. And... He, I said he was a guy that you could just plug in there for maybe a few plays, but now they got to plug him in there for a whole game. But Ryan Connolly, it's an even bigger opportunity now for Connolly. We're really going to see what he's made out of without Alec Ogletree because he took the, over the leadership role once Ogletree was out of that game Sunday. He had the he had the mic in his head. He was relaying the plays to everyone. So big opportunity for Ryan Connolly to go out there and just prove that he's he could be a top linebacker in this league. And I, and I believe Ryan Connolly is up to the challenge. He already had one interception. In that Bucks game, you know what I'm saying it now. I know we're not predicting anything, but Ryan Connolly will have an, another interception in this game because we see how bad the Redskins are right now. They're just all sorts of mess. Okay, bowling out the bold predictions already. I like it, Danny. Um, the other injury, Saquon Barkley, high ankle sprain, probably going to be out six to eight weeks. Um, there is, you know, he did say he had that same injury at Penn State. He missed two weeks, but. I don't know if I find that super believable that he had a high ankle sprain and was only out for two weeks. You've seen guys go out for like a month and come back like, you know, three, four weeks, like uh, Percy Harvin did it back at, at University of Florida, and there's a few other guys. So I could see uh, four weeks, but I also don't think they're going to rush him back. Um, I mean, so what are your thoughts on the Saquon stuff? High ankle sprains, they're just such a hard thing to tell. Because, like, you could be back in that, that short time frame, or you could be back in even the longer time frame, the four-week time frame. You could be back, or you'll be back in eight weeks. Uh, the, Saquon's obviously going to try as hard to get back out there as soon as he can. But the Giants know that uh, they're in capable hands right now with what they have around Daniel Jones. You know all the weapons are there, and you know a goal to Tate's back after this Sunday. So maybe if the Giants, depending how 
let's say how serious this season gets. Let's say it pushes even to more like, hey, this team can make the playoff. Then maybe they'll try and get Saquon back a little sooner. But you wouldn't want to risk getting him back too soon and then having an ankle injury that takes him out for the year. So I think the Giants will play it safe with him. And I, I think that's the smart move because he's your franchise running back. Uh, I mean, you, next year you could have the Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley duo. But I mean, he'll be back this year. It's not like he's going to be gone. So he could be back in time for a playoff push. So once again, that's if that happens. I'm not saying it will. But play so what's safe. to deal with this second opinion stuff? I, I think he's just going. I think the Gi- it's a high ankle sprain. They're, they're a doctor in the hospital for special surgery, which is in New Jersey. For I obviously I assume most of you are in this uh, tri-state area, but I would assume he's going to Doctor Robert Anderson on once. He's like that ankle guy that everyone goes to. He's going to Green Bay, I believe it's where it, he's going. He's just going to get a second opinion, probably see if he can get maybe a uh, earlier time frame or just to see if there's anything he could do to speed up the recovery. I don't think this is anything not uh, to be uh, scared about. The second opinion, just to make sure that that time frame is accurate. And, yeah, because they know it's a high ankle sprain. There's nothing else. They probably saw the MRIs and all that. That He just wants to know for sure that it's a high ankle sprain and that it will probably be eight weeks. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be rough without him. I am I don't really have a whole lot of faith in Wayne Gallman. Uh, last year, he, he didn't even average four yards per carry. He didn't, he didn't really do anything on Sunday, although it's hard to blame him when, you know, Saquon had eight carries for 10 yards, and we kind of got away from the run once Saquon was out. So I, I really don't have a whole lot of faith in Wayne Gallman. I'm not worried about Wayne Gallman, but I don't have a lot of faith in him to go out there and be a solid, a solid like, running back where if we didn't have Saquon, we'd be, like, not worried. Um but yeah, I also I don't have faith in him to like go out there and be what we would call good. I think he can be average enough, but I don't I don't go see him out there being good. And then obviously the Giants only had two running backs with him, you know, Gallman and Saquon, so they have to bring in somebody else. They worked out uh, Benny Cunningham, Zach Zenner, and Fozzie Whitaker. Fozzie Whitaker was with uh, Dave Gettleman in Carolina. Actually had some good moments. Uh, I, I was surprised that he was a free agent. Zach Zenner was with Detroit. I liked him. He would make good plays, but he would he fumbled a lot, at least from what I remember. And then Benny Cunningham has kind of been like a guy with talent, but he's just never really put together. Um, I don't see either any of these guys really challenging Wayne Gallman for that starting back, but I like Zach Zenner. I think he can catch the ball out of the backfield. The other guys I'm not like super high on, but it, it'll be interesting nonetheless to see who can come in and be that number two back. I thought maybe Rob Martin, who we had cut out of Rutgers. Hilleman, who's on the practice squad, I've just never been high on him. So right now, I would probably lean Zach Zenner because he's a decent receiver. Yeah, Wayne Gallen, honestly, it's a Saquon Barkley. He cannot be out there every single play. So I would assume at least one of those guys will get resigned because I don't think they viewed Jonathan Hilleman as ready. But see, I'm on the opposite boat of you. I believe in Wayne Gallen. I was... I was a fan of him when we drafted him in 2017 because I'm like, hey, he could be a good plug-and-play guy. I mean, look, his stats in 2017, weren't they impressive? No, his best game was the season finale against Washington. He had 15 carries for 89 yards. But, I mean, that was his uh, first season when he really had most of his playing time. But I, it's his biggest opportunity since being drafted. Uh, he's going to have all the run the running plays. Obviously, he'll have someone behind him. But uh, I believe Wayne Gallman can go out there and be the guy for at least these however many weeks he could be. 
because he's gonna have to prove himself out there. Uh, it's, the, he, he could uh, make himself some money if he goes out. Yeah, there. he really could. He really could go out there and just make himself, give himself a contract. I believe in Wayne Gallman. I mean, looking at his stats, he had a, on 111 attempts, he had 476 yards, uh, no rushing touchdowns, but he did have one receiving touchdown in 2017. But 2017, that was such a year that was just a complete mess. In 2018, he had. Obviously, his reps decreased when you got a guy like Saquon Barkley out there. The most carries he had was in the Washington blowout game because, once again, it was a blowout. He had 14 carries for 38 yards. That's when he scored his first run and touchdown. So I believe Wayne Gallman will go out there. Obviously, he's not Saquon Barkley. Obviously, we know in the preseason Wayne Gallman should have made some cuts that Saquon would have made. But Wayne Gallman now has something that he didn't have in 2017, a capable offensive line to run behind. We'll get the true look of Wayne Gallman because as you said on Sunday once Saquon went down they completely abandoned the run game and just went all passing what felt like at that point so huge opportunity for Wayne Gallman I believe in him to go out there but yeah they, they need to get someone behind him because Wayne Gallman cannot carry this whole team all by himself he needs at least a little breaks here and there yeah Elijah Penny has some tailback experience I expect him to use him when they want to pound the ball but I think it's just going to be a lot on Daniel Jones shoulders I think this will actually be kind of good for him in the long run to know what it's like to have all that on his shoulders. But so let's talk about the game, the Tampa game, clean it up. We're going to talk a lot about their defense, but have you noticed how everyone is changing their tune on Daniel Jones? Have you ever seen one game swing people's opinions this much, Danny? No, I am. Is he like a complete free 60? I mean, now look with Washington. Let, let, let me say something. There you go. If, if I didn't like a guy as much as the media liked, one game would not – I don't care how good one game was. It wouldn't swing me. It's its pretty wild that these guys – people are being swung this quickly. No, I have a conspiracy theory for oh, too. Do you want to say that now or do you want me to talk first and then you'll say it? Well, I tweeted it out earlier. I, I think they changed their mind months ago. Oh. I think when they actually – when people like Gil Brandt and, and Charlie Cassidy or, or people like were talking to these media people behind the scenes and they actually went and watched Daniel Jones because he was drafted six overall by the Giants, they were like, oh, my gosh. He's actually freaking good. He's pretty good. Oh my, why, how did wide receivers drop this many deep balls? And then they saw the preseason, and that backed up that Daniel Jones is good. I mean, he didn't just have a good preseason. He had – Probably the best preseason a rookie's ever had. So I th- I really think that they a lot of these people changed their mind a month or two ago and made the decision, if week one he comes out and balls, I'll jump on the train. I mean, Dan Orvlosky said he was wrong in the second quarter. The second quarter, I think Dan Orvlosky realized he was wrong a couple months ago when he actually went and spent more time on Daniel Jones. I mean, me and you, we both did, you obviously did extensive research on Daniel Jones, but we both did tons of research on Daniel Jones, probably more than some of these national media people did, because they're like, oh, Daniel Jones out of Duke, he's a joke. And while we were not surprised by it, I mean, I was taken aback, like, damn, he just went out there and just lit up the league. I mean, look at last night, if you watch Monday Night Countdown, they were literally talking about, like, Daniel Jones, like, doing the same thing with Dwayne Haskins right now. It's like, like, oh, I worked for Daniel Jones, I obviously work for everyone else. Clearly, Dwayne Haskins, one, he's not in the right position in Washington, and two, he's just clearly not ready. I mean, he's running mainly with the scout team. They're not giving him the opportunity, so maybe like, maybe he's not ready, or maybe he's just not the guy at the moment. 
So, I'm, yeah, I've never seen, like, the post when, like, you know, every Giants fan hated Daniel Jones when they first drafted him. Like, the back page was roasting the Giants and Dave Gelman. And then the day after, you get, like, the the, the man of the hour. And, and you saw in that, uh, if you if you haven't watched the sights and sounds from the Giants game, it's a great uh, video to watch. You saw Dave Gelman was Go down there. Go, DJ. That's my DJ. Dude, Gelman smacked him. Yo, bro, as you said, Dave Gelman, like, just wound up. He's like, that's my quarterback smack right there. He wasn't holding back. But I've never seen a turn for a guy that much. But, I mean, Daniel Jones, I mean, as Pat McAfee said on Get Up ESPN, he's probably just drinking, like, a whole glass of vindication just knowing that he just shut everyone up. And it's only one game, but people are now – he's now the favorite to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. He went from being, like – plus 2,000 to, like, the favorite. I, I've never seen that before, but I agree with the bets because he's going to be the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Do you, has, there any, has there been one person who's like, actually, he's still bad. He had a good, he had a good first game. I mean, has there been one? <laughs> Real, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, haven't, I haven't got the catch up with every TV show. But, I mean, people are calling Baker Mayfield overrated. Especially it with was, Ryan. Yeah, right. It, it, Marcus Spears is like crapping on Baker Mayfield. Man, it has been a fun to a uh, fun week. Uh, Did you see that clip of Baker Mayfield in the audible? I'm drinking a big glass of vindication. Did you see the clip of uh, Baker with the possible D Jones audible? I'm I'm trying to think if that was yeah. Daniel Jones. He definitely did not see that game, and they're digging like they're like, "Yo, Daniel Jones is gonna suck today." And the best thing was in that game, it was the fourth and goal. Baker Mayfield. It was literally just like the Daniel Jones. The Rams did all man coverage across the board, and the middle of the field was wide open for Baker to run in there for a touchdown. But he didn't do that. He like rolled out of the pocket and just threw it to whoever. I don't remember who, and it was intercepted or incomplete. But Baker Pathetic. Mayfield. I mean, he he just doesn't look good. But why are we talking about Baker? Because we have the better quarterback. Let's talk about some film cleanup. All right. So wide receivers. We spent a lot of time on on Monday. Chef played great. Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton is going to play this whole year if he can stay healthy. That, that's that's the a very big qualifier. But if he can stay healthy, he's going to play a lot this season. Uh, Fowler didn't do anything special, but he was a little banged up. Shep looks good, though. He's got a real connection with Daniel Jones. Evan Ingram obviously played like he, he played. Um, he's, he's really stepping up. He'll have a big game against Landon Collins this week. Uh, Can't wait. O-line. Didn't play great, but didn't play bad. Like this O line's improved, but I don't think we expected him to play perfect. Nate Solder had some really bad plays. Um, there was one sack that wasn't his fault; it was Red Ellison's fault. Um, but overall, very happy with the offense. I mean, when you put up 32 points, you you can't not be happy with it. No, yeah, I mean the Bucks defense, like you. Even though people are like, oh, it's one game. You're telling me the Bucks defense was a legit Shaquille Barrett. The guy's a beast down there. Uh, they they had a good pass rush. They shut down Saquon Barkley for when he was in the game. So I mean, credit to the Bucks defense. They got something going down there. Uh, but no, Darius Slayton. I I tweeted out Daniel Jones and Darius Slayton, the future of this franchise. I 100% believe that. Yes, it's one game, and I'm riding high because we actually won a game. But Darius Slayton, him and Daniel Jones had that connection. Evan Ingram. I think he's coming alive finally. That he has. Uh, Daniel Jones, because we all know Daniel Jones loved that tight end at Duke, and I believe him and Evan Ingram are going to be the guys. That 75-yard touchdown, Evan Ingram had like a top speed of like 20 miles per hour. That's like the fastest touchdown play in the NFL this year or something like that. It was – this offense – 
they came alive. The playbook was opened up, and I, it was something. It felt like you know, like sometimes they ease a quarterback into a playbook. It felt like the Giants did not do that. They just had the whole playbook open now, and they're to do so many different things. Daniel Jones makes this team a more dynamic threat because you got the speed of Evan Ingram. When Saquon gets back, you got Saquon Barkley, you got Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate. When he gets back, Darius Slade, and this team is. This offense is going to be fun to watch for the remainder of the season and even into next year. The, the offensive line struggling. I mean, offensive line struggle here and there. We're going to just got to take that where it is. But they're still one of the better offensive lines in this league, and we can rely on them when that time. Because each game, I will 100% trust this offensive line to give protection to Daniel Jones. Yes, he got sacked like five times in that Bucks game. But still, they're a capable group, and they'll re- rebound from this. They'll find out their mistakes. But... This offense as a whole is a good group, and I am looking forward to finally having a quarterback that can run with his legs. So you're telling me Daniel Jones got them wheels down there. Danny wheels. Yeah, the most impressive thing is obviously the legs are great. Obviously, accuracy is great. Obviously, the arm strength is great. But the willingness to stand in the pocket when there's pressure and there's guys right in your face and deliver, that's the thing that separates from the great from the good. And he showed that in game one. I mean, game one, the pocket would be collapsing on him, and he's just still standing there in the pocket. It's uh, it's going to be fun going forward. You know, we've talked about off, all offseason why I believe in this guy. And like like Pat McAfee said to Daniel Jones, I feel like I'm drinking a big glass of a vindication. Um, so any other notes on the offense before we go to the defense? we got a, a lot to clean up on the D. Yeah, I want to start talking about the defense. All right. Um, let's start up front. D-line slash outside linebacker slash edge guys. Here's here's one thing I noticed. We have a new NASCAR package. I call this the NASCAR Bush Series package, man. Uh, because they played Lorenzo Carter, Marcus Golden, and O'Shane Zimenez on the field at the same time a pretty decent amount. And it led to, it led to plays. Marcus Golden, uh, looked, he is actually number one in that rotation. He got the most snaps. O'Shane was in it on over half the defensive plays. They're using these three guys. Uh, Lorenzo Carter. Uh, Lorenzo Carter doesn't have the stats, but he played a pretty dang good game. But O'Shane Zimenez is making a name for himself and put it like, I didn't think he'd be on the field and having this kind of an impact this early. I'm really impressed that O'Shane Golden has been pretty dang solid. He's got three sacks on the season. Uh, when you put a tight end in, he dominates. He he was just he was just making plays. They were all working together. I really like what I saw out of all three of those guys. Yeah, I believe this pass rush is now coming to their senses. In that third quarter in the Bills game, we started to see it, but they weren't able to do it into that fourth quarter. In this in this uh, Bucks game, they did it in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. It's these baby steps this defense has taken. They're, they're getting comfortable work with themselves because a bunch of these guys are new and they haven't really worked with themselves. So they had to get used to how each other plays, and now they're coming to it. And I believe they'll, they'll take an even bigger step this week against the Washington Redskins. Uh, yeah, I mean, O'Shea Ximenez, he's having a great impact, and I and I love to see that. We weren't expecting him this early. We believed he would have made his name on special teams probably or something like that, but he'll get reps here and there. But he's just getting thrown out there, and the Giants believe in him. He got his first sack of the year. Lorenzo Carter, a guy who hasn't been making waves yet, is still a guy that can go out there and be a force for this defense. I'm telling you, this pass rush is coming to themselves, and I think this is the week where they take that final step and they finally realize that we can – we can rush the passer, and we can cause problems. And, I mean, if you look on my Twitter, there's the 
that I clipped it. It was the Marcus Golden, Alec Ogletree. Marcus Golden went inside on Demar Dotson, and then Alec Ogletree came from the outside and completely confused the right tackle or whatever position he plays. Demar Dotson, he was just lost. He didn't know what to do, and they led to a sack on Jameis Winston. So this defense, is, it feels like James Betcher became the James Betcher he was hired to be. He threw out there some confusing looks, and it worked. So I'm really excited for this defense because I believe they're starting to come to their senses. And now we just need really feels like I mean, mainly Janoris Jenkins. Just, it was one game for Janoris Jenkins, but I hold grudges. I just need him to uh, solid up back there. DeAndre Baker was a terrible. Grant Haley good. This defense is coming to themselves. I feel it. Yeah. Dexter Lawrence. He he gains a double team almost every play. That's gotta be frustrating. He's still not getting a ton of snaps, and he's being taken out on third and twos. I I, I don't. There must be. I don't know. But he's not playing a whole ton. I guess James Betcher truly believes in that rotation because it's not like you know they're just putting B.J. Hill and Dalvin Thompson in on the plays he's not in. Olsen Pierre and R.J. McIntosh are getting their fair share of snaps. Um, but. The, Dexter Lawrence played a really good game. He obviously had that sack, which was great. Um, he beat his guy twice on that play. He had the block extra point. He re- was really big in the run game. He made some other stuff in the past plays. Really solid game for Dexter Lawrence. B.J. Hill and Dalvin Thompson didn't really wow me at all. Um, but like you said, man, those those three pass rushers look really good. Marcus Golden looked great. Carter looked good. Carter had you know a few of those like give me one more second and I'm there kind of plays, and he had you know two plays where he forced Jameis out of the pocket and tackles him one yard past the line of scrimmage. So it's not a sack, but it pretty much is a sack. So I really like what I saw out of those guys in the middle. Alec Ogletree played really well. That was kind of surprising because like we I we talked about it before I ripped him. I thought he was absolutely horrible, but he played really well. Uh, Tay Davis when he came in was pretty. Disruptive Connolly had the pick. Um, definitely pretty confident in those in those three guys. Now having Mayo and Supar in there, like we talked about in the beginning of the show, could be a problem. Yeah, this linebacker squad is going to become an issue. But I mean, losing Ogletree the way we did, the the refs didn't blow the whistle. Ogletree played through through the whistle. That's what you always ask for a player. But then he his hamstring pulled up on him when we all fought for a minute there. Jabril Peppers tackled Alec Ogletree. That's just the worst way to lose him like that for who knows how long. Hopefully, I don't think anything crazy. But the, besides the linebackers this week, I feel confident. Uh, Jabril Peppers hasn't done anything special, but for people who are still mad about Landon Collins, Landon Collins has done next to nothing in Washington. So I'm fine with Jabril Peppers being he's, – he's made some plays while Landon Collins has done nothing. Antoine Bethea – Nothing spectacular, but at, we talked about they had him really over with DeAndre Baker to make sure DeAndre Baker was again in beat, and then it turned out Janoris Shankers was the one getting beat. But I feel Baker played well for uh, after struggling the past two games. So uh, this Washington game, I'm not overlooking Washington because we were the team being overlooked in the Bears game, and look what happened. We were the team being overlooked in that Chiefs game in 2017. So you still got to take them seriously, but this defense has an opportunity to really get the feeling under their feet to figure out what they are because Case Keenum's not good. This offense is not good. They don't have uh, Jordan Reed. He he concussion. He could be his career could be done. Wide receivers, nothing crazy out there. So 
and there's Dexter Lawrence. That's another thing. I feel like he's got to be out there more on third downs. I don't get why he's going to take it out. We drafted because he's like, we believe he could be the younger version of Snacks Harrison. We got rid of Snacks because he was getting up there in age. He wasn't out there every single play. Dexter Lawrence should be out there on third and two because he's a guy that could clog up the middle. Teams are game planning for Dexter Lawrence like crazy. They are double teaming him like a madman because they know he can wreck a team's run game. So just put him out there on third and two because maybe if he was out there, maybe the Bucks would have gotten some of those third down conversions on the ground. Yeah. Um, there was one play where they converted on third and short. DeAndre Baker continues to play far off on third down. I don't understand it. There was one play where everybody was playing up tight and did a great job, and DeAndre Baker gets beat on like a five, a, a four or five-yard in because he's playing seven yards off. And, God, and it was a bad throw, but God makes the catch because he, there's so much space between them. If Baker plays two yards up, it might have been a pick or, or, or James doesn't throw it there. So while DeAndre Baker definitely played better, he didn't play as well as, as we probably would have thought coming, coming away from Sunday because they went at Mike Evans so heavily. Antoine Bethea, that's why Mike Evans was getting, uh, you know, didn't have Antoine Bethea over to the top because Antoine Bethea was going over the top of DeAndre Baker. I think the Giants' game plan was like, you know, Janor Jenkins, you're going to have to play Mike Evans and because we, we need Antoine Bethea to play over the top on the other side. Uh, so and I don't I don't hate that game plan and it changed up a little bit in the second half, but DeAndre Baker didn't play great although he did play better. Um, Grant Haley, I think it's between Grant Haley and and Dexter Lawrence for maybe like or or sorry not Dexter Lawrence Marcus Golden for best player of the game on defense. Grant Haley played really good and they lined up Chris Godwin on him a lot in the slot and he was just shutting guys down. He he only gave up two catches. One was on a, a play to O.J. Howard, which was like a, a, a backside wheel route, which is hard to uh, do. And then I think Godwin just beat him on like a, a eight-yard in or something like that. But Grant Haley played really well in this game, Danny. I mean, I've been a big fan of Grant Haley. Seeing him play well brought a smile to my face because I believe he's a legit uh, nickel cornerback, so... I mean, yeah, maybe I hyped DeAndre Baker up too much. Maybe um, because how much he's been terrible the past two games, just seeing a little improvement, I'm like, ah, he's greatly improved. Obviously, he had assistance, but yeah, obviously, the game plan made sense because you would think DeAndre Baker's the guy that you have to worry about letting up these big plays, and you should trust Janoris Jenkins over there. Obviously, Mike Evans is a different beast, and Janoris Jenkins got shown up a little bit there, but... Grant Haley, I love Grant Haley, and seeing him play well, just as I said, brings a smile to my face because I know this guy's legit, and I believe he'll be the future of our cornerbacks. And I mean, it was Sam Beal coming back, and if, or will we believe? I believe he'll be coming back because I believe he should be healthy. Sam Beal's never ever coming back. <laughs> never, never coming we just, back. We just need to say that. So if he does come back, it's a nice little surprise. All right, Sam Beal isn't coming back, but is saying the next twenty years if he does come back, because that's probably when Sam Beal will come back. When like he's retired, he'll be like, "Hey guys, I'm finally healthy." I believe we have the legit cornerback trio there when Sam Beal comes back, because I believe in him. But Janoris Jenkins is still a guy in one game. While it did make me very annoyed at him, I know he's still our best corner out there on Sunday, and I will rely on him in this Washington game. Because, as we said, Mike Evans is one of the best receivers in the game. He can't be good every single time you go out there. While we all hope that guys have bad games, and unfortunately for Jenner's thing, after calling out the pass rush last week, he was the guy that almost cost us this game. But he, he's lucky he didn't, because if he did, uh, I think there would have been hell to pay for J- Jack Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, special teams. Made them miss a lot of field goals. Pretty dang good. 
Uh, all right, let's take a break and then we'll answer some mail questions. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. All right. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Danny, let's get into the mail. Even though we only got a few questions and two of them are pretty much jokes. I think the listeners are mad at us because they asked all these mailbag questions. Like, we had our record for mailbag questions last week, and we're like, yeah, we're not going to do mailbag. <laughs> but I, I think they're mad at us. So we're sorry, viewers. Please ask us more questions next week. Or if you this want was, to more- like, our worst week for questions and since, like, OGAs. And, and we just had, like, a, one of our biggest wins in, in our history. So, actually, no, I don't want to be that overdramatic. Yeah, I'm about to say, like, history. Like, hold up. It was a big win, nonetheless. So we got like we got like no questions. I mean, one of the questions that did make me laugh because it was a very uh, current day topic, a stupid topic. But we'll get to that in a second. First question comes from Blue Devil for Life at Blue Devil Two K Ten. You should just scream Daniel Jones' name the entire time. Obviously, Bobby, that's at you because you have your hilarious reaction to when Jones ran that football in. Yeah, I mean, I would love to just scream Daniel Jones. Sometimes I look back at those videos and I'm like, gosh, dude, you look like an idiot. Um, and then I'm like, you know what? Who cares? I'm, I'm excited. We're so excited. Daniel Jones is real deal. But I have no problem yelling Daniel Jones. Um, and in fact, today, I get to see a Bucks fan who's been avoiding me. And oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip him. Cannot wait for that. Cannot wait. Very thin skin, too. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'd be too if my if we have a different kicker eight times in the past eight years. Uh, next question comes from Gaza. Dude, it's unbelievable. The Bucks kicking situation. Oh yeah, it's like I tweet this out all the time because it happens all the time. Bucks missing kicks. It's death taxes and the Bucks missing <laughs> kick. It's I've like I said I've watched a lot of Bucks games because I live down in Florida, and it's unbelievable that no matter how hard they try, they can never figure out their kicker situation. It, it's it's just crazy, and just every time I the that time I saw that, it made me just like realize like how grateful I am. We have Alter Grosshouse. Yeah, he missed that one kick in the Bills game, but I'm like, I forgive you, Aldrich. I forgive you. Uh, the next question comes from Gaza at Gazbad Superstar. He asks, Is it true Daniel Jones is the only person who successfully rushed Area 51? Yes. Uh, he the guards completely lost the guy. That was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. I thought hey, that was a joke. And there's how, how's it dumb, Danny? I'm sorry, it was more tough for the people out there protesting, because obviously the aliens are in there and all that fun stuff. But I, I put out you know a funny... What's funny about oh, the whole Area 51 thing oh, is not the people who are like, let's go do it, was the people who were like, you know you can't get in there, that they're <laughs> going to shoot you. It's like, no, duh, it's a joke. But the funny, what you had to say to those people was like, well, they can't stop us all, and they have no <laughs> response to that. It's the best response ever. It's like, they can't stop us all. 
There was like five million people planning to attend on Facebook at one time. Obviously, nobody was planning on attending, but it is pretty funny that a stupid Facebook joke, like the government has to now talk about. Like these people, yeah. are, there's a few of these idiots that are going to come. I saw the headline: is dozens of people show up to Area 51. I my my favorite thing was I I I thought I put out a tweet, but I'm like I don't even want to bother with it. It was like 1776 that our country was founded. 2019, we're protesting the government to, to tell us about the aliens. It was funny, but to answer your question, guys, like yes, Daniel Jones. Dude, I think the Earth is flat too. Yes, of course, because we have Kyrie Irving. I mean, hey, since we have Kyrie Irving now, he thinks the Earth is flat. Since he's a Brooklyn Net, I respect his opinion now. When he was on the Celtics, I'm like Kyrie, you're stupid. But since he's a Net, I'm like I respect your opinions, Kyrie. I respect them. But Gaza, yes, Daniel Jones, he was actually in Area 51. That's He went in there, and he just gained all his superpowers in there just to get even more stronger than he already was, and he ran down the Tampa. So, yeah, Daniel Jones, they completely lost him, and then they're like, oh, God, Daniel Jones was in there, and now he's obviously the best quarterback in the NFL. He couldn't attack by air or by ground. He really just could. Gonna, just going to say that. <laughs> he really could. Finally, final question comes from all aboard the Dan wagon. I like the name at Blue Bear, at Bluebeard Sears. He has. Do you think Darius Slade will have a big part to play in the offense this season once Tate and Latimer are back? Uh, to be quite honest, I completely forgot Latimer was gone because I was just so blown away by Darius Slayton. But I still believe he'll have a huge role to play. I believe. Hey, maybe they'll even take Latimer out for some plays if they feel Darius Slayton is the guy. Tate will obviously get his starting job back. That's a that's a foregone conclusion. But Latimer, I mean, if Darius Slayton keeps go out there and balling, I mean, him and Daniel Jones got that chemistry. It was Eli Latimer with the chemistry. Well, keep building that Daniel Jones Darius Slayton chemistry. They're the future of this team. Yeah, man, it was, and we talked. Our, my at least my thought for going into the season with Slayton before we had injuries and stuff like that. My thought was, put him out there for five to seven snaps, let him go deep, let him run a bubble screen, let him make plays. He got some very serious reps because of the injuries at the wide receiver position and Tate being out, and he played really well. I mean, he had that catch over the middle, obviously the long one where he was double covered. That was just, you know, burning guys. Slayton could be a real playmaker for this team. So, yes, I do think he'll get playing time with Latimer and Tate back. I think he'll be the fourth guy on the list, and – with the possibility of jumping Latimer if he can continuously perform like this. Uh, and that's not even a knock on Latimer. It's just like this cat is that young and that athletic. You got to go out there and let him have some plays, especially when you have when you have Tate, Shep, and Ingram. You can have that fourth guy be out there, just kind of be like an athletic freak. Uh, so I, I, you know, and that's why, you know, this these guys are the reason why I was completely fine with the Odell trade. I think wide receiver is not as important to winning as uh, a lot of people think. Uh, nevertheless, all the off-field stuff. Nonetheless, yes, Darius Slayton could be a very, very big part of this team going forward. Um, and especially if we struggle, I would expect him to throw him out there a lot more. But he, as long as he's healthy, he's going to get he's going to get important reps every single game. Sometimes, if recently, after that Daniel Jones game, I'm just wondering, because obviously I feel like Odell had to see it. Was he maybe like, damn, I want to play with that guy, but I'm right now playing with Baker Mayfield, who's basically Eli Manning me right now and just throwing me the ball every time, but he can't complete it to me. So I wonder that. I wonder that on Sunday. But now, 
I want Darius Slayton out there. Uh, I'd be fine with him being the fourth guy, but he'll get meaningful snaps. Go, as I said, Golden Tate, his spot is secured until he gets back. And But Latimer, he's the guy that's more of a flexible guy. They could just ch- decide what they want to do with him. But I want to see Darius Slayton out there because him and Daniel Jones are the future of this team, along with Ingram, Shepard, and Barkley. Obviously, we can depend on Ingram's contract situation, but that's for a different day. But we got a good young core going right now on that offense. Yeah, a lot of talent on this offense, and Daniel Jones is just the straw that stirs the drink. I just thought of that line on my own. Just kidding. I like you've that heard, line. I like you've that heard line. it. You've heard it millions of times. That's why you like it. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's been through the test of time. I know that's not how that line goes, but <laughs> I couldn't think of the way to exactly say it. It's probably my biggest weakness. So when people <laughs> made fun of Jason Wynn for saying he pulled a rabbit out of his head. I was kind of like, been there, done that, man. I mess that kind of stuff up all the time. Uh, so stop judging people on TV so freaking hard. Uh, <laughs> Even though Jason Witten was that bad on TV, let's make that perfectly clear. Monday Night Football really, is much better without him. He really was. Uh, any last thoughts, Danny? I mean, I got no last thoughts besides Daniel Jones is the, the goat of the league, and uh, the defense is getting better. Defense is definitely getting better, and they had no options but to get better. All right, that's the show. Now, we are giving away a free Danny Dimes t-shirt. A lot of people have already entered. We're going to be doing a live raffle in two weeks. Yes, completely free. Whoa. If if you leave us a five-star rating and review, take a screenshot, send it to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, you know, the people on Twitter got a head start, but you know, it's a live raffle, so it doesn't matter. So put that out there. Um, cause like I said, in our last episode, our review numbers are low. And if we can get to 200 by December, Danny John boy media is going to send me to oh. midlife. Oh, in December. Oh, did they're going to send you up? Oh, that'll be some fun content. Seeing Bobby Skinner just basically screaming at Daniel Jones from wherever he's sitting. I would, I would love to see that. Get us to two hundred views. I was at a, I was at the Giants game. I know you all like my content, but just imagine Bobby Skinner at a MedLife Stadium for Giants content. That'd be twenty yeah, times better. Just than get me. us to two hundred reviews. One, so you can get me out there, and two, to help us, help us, help you, help us. Hey, actually, no, I don't want to say it, but we did. Have the number one ranked Giants podcast on Monday. Anyways, but we have like some of the lowest reviews. I just wanted to throw that out there. I know it's not a big deal, but it's still kind of cool. That's a show. We'll be back Friday to preview the Washington Redskins game. So once this show ends, we're on to Washington. Washington. We are on to Washington. And until then, let's go Big Blue.